We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. It is never, never too early in the morning to talk to Charles Davis, analyst for NFL on CBS. Now with NFL Network this time of the year in his draft coverage, and he's at the Senior Bowl, and uh, always nice enough to get up early in the morning. Charles, how are you this morning, bud? How you doing? I'm doing well, Joe. How about yourself? <laughs> I'm doing great. I've been watching you for the last three days, man, uh, on well, the Senior Bowl. Well, it's, uh, it, no, it's been great. got to get you out more. <laughs> That's okay. Hey, Charles, man, anytime I see you or get to talk to you, it's it's always good, buddy. I, I appreciate it. So I, I got to ask you, um, the new Senior Bowl, underclassmen, I love it. I, yeah. I feel like it's more yeah. of an NFL uh, game now than it's been in the past. How do you feel about what the Senior Bowl's done? Yeah, agreed. It's just It just shows the evolution of where we are, you know. What's that expression that was has been used so many times, sign of the times? Right, yeah, that's right. Because it, the idea that we stick to the, the the system that we had that worked really well for so many years is just folly at this point. You know that guys go through four years and then then come out and go to the NFL. That hasn't been the case for a long, long time. Remember the NFL? I, I wish I could even remember what year they started doing the the early entry into the NFL. So it's been a long time since we've done that. For a while, um, the college model still tried to stick to the traditional values, for lack of a better term. And, you know, sometimes when you say something like that, you're really far away from what you're really trying to say. But they were trying to stick to respecting the college experience, not poaching kids early, not enticing them to not go to class and come on out to the NFL. So remember, when they first started to take underclassmen, it was they had to have graduated. They had to have their degree. Now we've just eliminated all of that. If they are in, in the early entry and eligible, then guess what? You're eligible to come to the Senior Bowl. And I think it's the right model. It's the right thing to do. So uh, I, I got to ask you about a couple of guys. We, we have something interesting that's kind of connected here to South Florida. James Williams, okay. who was, uh, was a safety yeah. and a five-star player and, and, and now has moved a linebacker, which he, he, didn't, he played a little bit in the box and played some linebacker or down in a linebacker position as a safety this year, boy, that's not an easy move to make. And I know he's a big, strong guy. What's your thoughts on yeah. James Williams making that move? Yeah, the, the the good thing about it, Joe, is that it's not something that they sprang on him when he walked into the walked to the doors in Mobile. That was you know that was part of the invitation. You know, the pro scouts had evaluated him a certain way. 
I think his own camp realized where, where he was in terms of development as a player and what might be best for him. And he's played linebacker every day since he's been here. You know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you he hasn't talked about playing defensive back. I don't know what's said in the private meetings and his meetings with teams, but that's how he's played here. When we've watched him in drills, we've watched him in team periods. You know, Cam Kitchens has been playing safety, of course, but James has been down in the box. And so that was something we had to adjust to as well because we've watched him as a safety his entire career. But this isn't an unusual thing, okay. and we're seeing more and more and more of this now, Joe, when you think about it. Remember the safety that came out of Alabama probably, it feels like a decade ago now. Um, oh, God, what was his name? I had his name. Uh, Mark Barron. And Mark Barron was a, a high draft pick as a safety. He's a top 10 pick. He ended up playing the bulk of his career at linebacker. Yeah. You know, he moved forward and became a linebacker. You know, we were just, I was just laughing with uh, Bill Polian, the Hall of Fame executive, Hall of Fame general manager. He said he evaluated um, Brian Urlacher as a safety coming, coming out. You know, I saw him as a safety yeah. in college, and then we realized he was going to move to linebacker. He said, heck, I was talking about his punt return ability in, in, in my report, and then he moved forward and became a linebacker. So more and more and more we're seeing of this. And Urlacher was a different deal because, Joe, he was a monster. He's right. massive, big, big man. We're seeing smaller people playing linebacker now because of how the game has changed with a lot less emphasis on heavy run and much more of a passing game. So you want the lighter, quicker guys in there. Matt Milano in Buffalo. That's right. As good as there is. He, he's 225 pounds or less and was a college safety at Boston College. Yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point. I was just wondering, this, by the way, this conversation with James Williams has been going on since he was in high school bigger than everybody playing safety. So yeah. everybody thought this was going to happen at some point. Got to ask you about the quarterback position. You're with two guys that everybody's heard about all year out on the West Coast and Bo Nix and Michael Penix. I'm just wondering, um, how do you like them? Are they first-round quarterbacks? What's been your thought on the way those two guys have played as two big-name guys in the Senior Bowl? Yeah, they're both going to be evaluated as potential first-round quarterbacks, Joe, because when you're a quarterback, everyone's looking for you. Yeah. I don't care who you are, right? I don't care how how big it is. We can talk about the game and the transition and the old guard going out, the new guard coming in, and, and I don't care. For every C.J. Stroud, you're saying, I really like him a lot. The Chicago Bears are saying, well, we drafted a first-round guy, and we may be wanting to get rid of him in Justin Fields. That's the, the nature of that position. It's never truly – stable for 32 teams. There's just no getting around it. There's never enough good quarterbacks out there. So both will be evaluated that way. Now, I would say that coming into this week, Bo Nix on most people's boards is ahead of Michael Penix, but that doesn't mean this whole thing is over. Right. right? You and I both know this is going to go all the way down to the wire in terms of both of them being. Um, someone said to me, when you come to an all-star game, Whatever you do, don't immediately say, okay, in your evaluation, watch them for that week and then say, okay, I like this guy, I don't like this guy, whatever. In other words, go back to your tape all the time. Don't ding anyone for a week at an all-star game, but if they play well, you can elevate them. It's okay, but don't ding them for a week, and especially the quarterback position because quarterback position is so much timing being familiarity with your receivers, understanding what they're doing. You know what, how it is, Joe, as a receiver. 
you wanted to know what your quarterback did, right? What their nuances were, what like they what they like to do under pressure, so that you could help them out and get yourself to the right spot. You're really not going to get that done in a week in an All Star game. Yeah. So early on, I think Michael Penix has actually played better than Bo Nix. But does that mean that Bo Nix is not as good as Michael Penix? That's that's where we are right now. We're waiting to see Nix turn it loose. But at the same time, I do think that a lot of this this this, this broken field stuff and and not understanding what your receivers are doing, them not understanding you, can wreak a little havoc with the quarterbacks. I would say Bo Nix is, is more highly regarded by pro scouts right now, but that doesn't mean that it's yeah. over. And Penix, the way he throws the ball, there's an ease to everything that he does that, that in person is even more impressive than what you've seen on television. Yeah, I saw some of those throws you guys were talking about on some out deep out routes yesterday where he really put it on the money with some zip on the ball. Hey, I, I got to ask you about this, too. Um, so so we go back and forth, and it's that time of year. We start talking Caleb Williams is clearly the number one. No Drake May, no Jaden Daniels. And yeah. you're up there with the NFL Network guys as well as all the general managers. What's the thought on this quarterback class and, and what – what uh, what might happen as as far as who goes one two and three? Yeah, I think Joe that right now that if the draft were held tomorrow, they'd go in the order that you just listed. I think it'd be Caleb Williams one, two would be Drake May, and three would be Jaden Daniels. And right now, I think the people holding the positions: Chicago at one, uh, Washington Commanders at two, and then at three is the New England Patriots. I can't believe I just said that. New yeah, England Patriots that, at three. Isn't that crazy? Wow. Okay. But all of them, all of them have that need. All of them have that, you know, think about it. Chicago changed their offensive staff already. If that's not a signal, I don't know what else to tell you. Because you liked what you were doing. You're not changing Luke Getz. as your play caller, you know. So, so it appears that they're open to drafting a quarterback. At two, it's Washington. We thought Ben Johnson was going to take the job. He didn't. We're waiting to see who the, quarter, the new coach is. But are they really going to ride with Sam Howell? I doubt it. So that so two is there. That's probably Drake May. Then you come in at three with New England. There's no way you can stand pat with your quarterback position the way it is. There's just no way. And again, new coach in Gerard Mayo, who was on the staff, but he gets a chance to do it his way. Are you going to say, hey, he's going to he's going to take a chance and rehab Mac Jones? He's going to roll with Bailey Zappi? with a chance to draft the Heisman Trophy winner who really improved in his time at LSU, and Jaden Daniels, I have a feeling that Jaden Daniels would be the pick. So where we are right now, Joe, I think it's exactly as you rolled it out. Those guys going one, two, and three right now. Charles, I want to ask you, there, there's a short as we go through this every year and we get we talk about quarterbacks and we get the offensive lines and listen to Giants struggling and the Jets struggling with their offensive lines yeah. and you realize every week you get ready for games and somebody's going, well, we're a little shorthanded at tackle and guard. <laughs> what, what, what does this tackle class look like? What are you hearing about this loaded. potential tackle and guard class? Absolutely loaded. That's all I keep hearing is, is the offensive line has, has a lot of terrific prospects and a lot of guys that you can sit here and say to yourself, if I don't like him at tackle, I definitely like him at guard. And I have guards that they, they kick out and play tackle. Like a Braden Smith in, in Indianapolis, you know, he was a guard most of his career, but they saw him as a right tackle. Chris Ballard and his crew years ago, and people thought they were crazy. He's held it down at right tackle and, and is always in the mention for being a Pro Bowl guy. But this year, yeah, no doubt about it. Absolutely loaded. Not everyone is here. 
you know, in terms of that because of different reasons and all that, but that that doesn't matter. This kid from Oklahoma, Tyler Guyton, who is not mentioned as the top tackle, but a lot of people are saying, hold on a second. 15 games, Joe. That's always mm. played a tackle wow. because he was a tight end at TCU. But you watch the movement, you watch his, watch the ease that he goes, moves about things. Talisi Fuaga out of Oregon State has been really impressive. Just a big rock of a young man, but good movement skills. Um, Suya, Suya Matea at, at, at uh, BYU. Remember last year uh, Freeland came out of there? Well, I think it's Blake Freeland, right. really good athlete, whole family full of athletes. We go, oh, my God, this kid and his movement, he's just got to put on some weight. Well, you don't have that with Suleiman Matea, all right, because <laughs> he has all of that. And I'm going to tell you, Joe, in my mind, in my eyes for one week, a better mover at tackle already than Freeland. And Freeland was really impressive to me. So I could just keep going and yeah. going, right? <laughs> uh, Paul. You know, uh, uh, not Chris Paul, he came out last year, but his brother from Houston, another big, massive left tackle who's going to be kicked up there. Someone said to me yesterday, a pro scout said to me yesterday, he said, we may break the record on offensive tackles in the first round this year. Not and surprising. Said, and it wouldn't yeah. surprise me. No, he said I'm... it wouldn't surprise me at all if we end up doing that. And you're going to have guys, who, who is it, uh, Dwayne Brown with the Jets now? Remember when he came out, Joe? He was kind of rated as a second, third-round pick, but the tackles all came off the board in his year. (laughs) And I think Houston ended up coming back into the first round or at the end of the first round said, we've got to get a guy. And they pushed him up and took him in the first round. People thought they were crazy. Turned out they were right. Pretty darn good career, huh? Yeah, it's still going. I mean, I still look every time. It's, it's well, going. he's thirty six now. He's thirty. No, he's uh, he's still going. So, uh, I got to ask you back here in South Florida. You probably could guess the conversation since the end of the season. It all has to do with Tua Tungavailoa. Your thoughts yeah. on where he is, his improvements. I know you had some of our games late in the season. What are your thoughts? I thought he had a. a, a I thought he had a remarkable um, season, Joe, because we were sitting there saying. How many games will he play when the season began? Just because of what had happened to him in the past. Could he remain on the field and play through? And each time we saw him, he was on the field and playing through and did it. I know at the end of the season, people were saying, well, can he only, t- can he take you farther? Can he get here? I think you keep building around him. I mean, the offense continued to evolve as they went through things. Defenses adjusted the better ones and made it tougher, a tougher go. But I don't think the the fertile mind of Mike McDaniel is going to ever slow down, and, and that's going to be the end of, of of what they do offensively. He will adjust and evolve as well. So I always tell people, yeah, if you want another quarterback, you better tell me who it is, right? Before you think that the one you've got in front of you isn't good enough, because you guys were rolling at one point. So let, let's, 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 let's pump the brakes on that part of it because there are a lot of teams in the league who would look at the production that Tua gave them and say, yeah, we'll take that right now and give us an opportunity. You better tell me that someone's going to come in and take you to a different height, and some of that's predicated on other other uh, positions of the ball club, not just the quarterback position. 
Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting. Of course, I was just out in California for a week, and the Brock Purdy, the game manager, and I'm like, man, if I'm if I got a guy 21 and five to just won a couple playoff games, and I'm in a Super Bowl with them, <laughs> I'm okay with Brock Purdy. You call him whatever you want, but he's going to be my quarterback. Yeah. you agree? I'm with you. I'm with you totally on that. And also, the term game manager, I always in my in my position, my my conviction on it, Joe is. The best game managers that the NFL has ever played played with are usually wearing gold jackets and have butts <laughs> in the Hall of Fame. Okay, so so and so because because the term game manager, I'll just leave it with this: Patrick Mahomes. We know that the numbers can be incredibly dazzling in the whole deal. I think this playoff is the best overall quarterbacking he's done since he's been in the league. The ball's not in jeopardy. He hasn't thrown an interception. He quarterbacks the team knowing what his defense is going to give him. They're running the football more than they have. You know, Andy Reid has never been a big run guy. Guess what? They're running it more to control the clock. He's hitting the key throws when they have to be hit, and he's doing it with reduced weaponry around him. Yep. This kid is seeing the game, managing the game, getting him into the right place. He is playing the game of quarterback. You can see the experience is there now. The veteran savvy is there. And a less mature quarterback who was used to high-flying would be upset that they're not still high-flying, and he'd be playing hero ball and throwing it downfield for the heck of it. You don't see him doing that. He has really matured that way as a quarterback. So you want to call him a game manager? Go right ahead. He's game managed himself into six straight AFC championship <laughs> <You're> games. <right. laughs> and they're back in the Super Bowl yeah. for the fourth time in five years. Oh, man, I'm jealous, Charles. Just listen to that. I'm jealous. Hey, thank you so much. I appreciate you coming on, Charles, this morning. Have a, have a great week up at the uh, Senior Bowl. I know it's about done for you, and, and thanks for coming on. Of course, Joe. Great to talk with you, and it was really good to see you at the end of the year in Baltimore. You take care of yourself. Talk to you down the road. All right. Thanks a lot, bud. Charles Davis, analyst for uh, NFL on CBS and, of course, NFL Network this time of year. We got to go to break. Uh, A lot more stuff to get to, including the Miami Heat. That seven-game losing streak is over. Uh, effort, everything else looked good last night. We'll talk more about that. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. When we come back. It is okay. We, the group poured a lot in the last 24 hours. 
poured into this process, poured into uh, each other, poured into the solutions. I, I commend the group because uh, in this day and age it, and in pro sports, it is tough to do that. You know, the noise gets louder and uh, everybody gets distracted and we just uh, kind of circled the wagons and just got in the, in the locker room and, and just started to work through uh, solutions for one day. Uh, but it sure feels a, a lot better than, than where we were. I think we're probably the only team that had a seven-game winning streak and a seven-game losing streak. And uh, what it does more than anything, and what I told the guys in the locker room, is uh, it just definitely teaches you not to take things for granted in this league. It is hard to win. And probably in particular in this this season, you know, there's so much parity, but there, there's so many things that you have to pour into uh, the game, into the prep, into each other, and that doesn't guarantee anything. But you have to do a lot of things just to get your game playing the right way, where everybody is uh, is connected. You know, for one day, that uh, it feels great, and I'm okay with with everybody just having a little bit of an exhale, and then we'll get on that plane uh, and get ready to start this process again when we get to DC. All right, that was a much happier Eric Spolstra, and uh, Eric Reed will join us later in the show. Talk about getting rid of that seven-game losing streak and all the problems, and it's always good when you hear the coach you're playing against from the Sacramento Kings saying, we got outworked and we got outplayed tonight. And, uh, boy, I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm guessing every coach wants to hear that when uh, you're playing against them, the game's over, and we just basically we got our butts kicked at both ends and – Josh Richardson, 24 off the bench. Jimmy Butler, 31 points in the game, and that seven-game losing streak is over. There's still work to be done. Still some guys trying to figure out kind of where they they fit in right now uh, on this team. But um, good to get a win, man. Sacramento Kings got a good team, had a really good record, sitting there kind of in the middle of the pack of the playoffs in the West with uh, with a damn good team last night, and they got after him pretty good. Had a lot of assists, moved the ball around, got a lot of guys involved, and uh, so it was kind of good. The good is still guys are getting used to playing with each other and getting their confidence back and enjoying it. Listen, losing seven games in anything sucks in football and baseball, and nobody wants to look one day in the standings and realize – You've uh, got the longest losing streak that's going on right now. Nobody, nobody wants that one. So, anyway, congratulations to Heat last night getting a good win, one fifteen to one hundred six. And uh, we'll again, we'll talk more about that with uh, Eric Reed a little bit later on in the show. Um, so, so there's a bunch of stuff uh, we got to get to that uh, we we kind of we kind of touched on yesterday, but we didn't really hit. Um, this Vic Fangio thing, listen, man, I got nothing against Vic Fangio at all. Not not my cup of tea um, for for a guy that's my age, Not not uh, get, and I get it. He's been great at what he's done. He did a lot of good things this year. Actually, when the offense struggled, Vic's defense was able to pick it up for him and, uh, and did some nice things. So I, I'm not taking anything. I think some of the things Vic's done – here we're going to keep in play that I think Mike really liked, no matter who the who the coordinator is going to be. So uh, some stuff's come out. It, it I figured we're going to start getting ugly, and I figure Vic Fangio at some point was going to tell his side of the story a little bit. And sure enough, Ron Jaworski, uh, the former Eagles quarterback, has come out as the old guy that's good friends with Vic and goes on WIP. 
and says uh, players didn't want to work hard. All they wanted to do was party. Nobody wanted to put in extra work to be great. Nobody wanted to take the time you need to really get to know Vic Fangio's uh, defense. And he was basically talking about the guys that were were whining, Javon Holland and Cam Smith and and some other guys and um, that that had complained. Some of them have not come out that that did complain. Uh, and I'm guessing it wasn't Bradley Chubb, Zach Sealer. Christian Wilkins or Andrew Van Ginkle, who are all having um, their best seasons or on their way to having. Bradley Chubb was on his way to having, if not his best, his second best season as an NFL player. But there were some other guys that that weren't happy, and and so um, Jaws goes all in on the. All they wanted to do was party and go to South Beach. There was no commitment to stay around and get better, and uh, and so. I don't, I don't know. I'm not there. Okay. I mean, I hear guys are late sometimes, which to me is unacceptable to ever be late. It just is. It's just unacceptable. I mean, once in a while, something does happen that's legit before you go to work and something happens with a child or car or something. But honestly, it's just, I'm not a big, you know, I'm showing my age. I'm not big on being late. Like if I got to show up, you got to show up. Like, if the coach says we got a meeting, a team meeting at nine o'clock, we should, everybody should be there at eight fifty-eight, right? I'm not saying being there twenty minutes early and sitting in there playing, you know, and hanging out with your guys with a cup of coffee or a energy drink, but, but, so this stuff comes out, and and the other side of this, and and, and listen, I don't think Vic's the easiest guy to work with. I I think Vic got way too much power to come in here. I think we sold out to get him. We gave him a lot of money, and uh, and he had all the power in the world, and I think he used it. He did things differently for a guy that was into communication and working with players and listening to players like Mike McDaniel. I think he got the exact opposite with Vic Fangio. He said, screw that. I don't like the way you do this, and I'm not going to do it on my side. We're going to do it my way. Uh, I think it was hard on assistant coaches on the defensive side of the ball. And I'm being real nice when I say all this stuff because I don't want to get anybody in trouble. And um, and I just think some of the players it had complained to coaches and coaches. And, and listen, everything gets back. Mike McDaniel was not just sitting there in the offensive playbook, not aware of what was going on. But I think it was a learning experience for Mike, for the next guy you want. And again, you got the best, you know, everybody's, oh, Vic Fangio, now the Eagles, oh, Vic Fangio, we got our guy, and so we just kind of threw the thing on on some of these guys, and I'm not done, I'm not done with the Dolphin players, by the way, but uh, the party thing, and, and listen, that was kind of thing when I came down here, and, you know, we worked hard, and we played hard at night, and we did, not all of us, not not all the guys, Fellowship Christian guys were pretty good, but I wasn't one of those guys, and I was out with the with the wild bunch, and and uh, yeah, and we did a lot of winning, and uh, we practiced with hangovers, and we we had fun. We tried to get whatever you can get out of a twenty four hour day. We 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 tried to do it. A lot of us tried to do it. So uh, I, I want to bring it back to 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 a guy, one guy. Um, I don't know how you feel about this. So Cam Smith, our top pick out of South Carolina. I, I don't know what he's. Nobody's got more pressure on him coming back than Cam Smith, by the way, next year. Nobody. So so you're going to open your mouth after the year and make reference to Vic Fangio when you haven't done anything? I, I don't get that. You should be seen and not heard. 
when you haven't done anything. Whether it's your fault or not, this is kind of a show-me year because now the new coach comes in and says, all right, Cam, uh, obviously the GM and head coach, we, we, we really need you to be good and take the next step because you couldn't get on the field last, last year because, you know, Vic Fangio didn't like you as a player, didn't like your work ethic, didn't like anything about you to the point he was playing a rookie free agent from Stanford over you when they got shorthanded. Um, so, so it's all on Cam now. I mean, we're going to run out of excuses to come back and, and be a damn pro. And uh, basically, when I saw those comments, I thought of Cam Smith, which I'm like, what are you doing, man? How are you not the first guy there and the last guy to leave every day? And if, if playing was so important, how, co- how come you're not, like, hanging around nonstop? How come you're not a gym rat? What do you think, you're Jalen Ramsey and Xavier Howard and you can do their program? They've earned their program. Whatever their program is, they've earned it. Look at their stats. Look at what they've done in the league and look at what you've done. Nothing. So, uh, not to pick on any one guy, but I'm always amazed when Cam Smith, who didn't do shit for this team, comes out and is now, you know, saying anything. No matter what Vic was like. And I'm guessing Vic... Probably, probably doesn't look like he's a real loving and caring guy and like, hey, Cam, what's going on? Can I talk to you for a minute here? Listen, I'd like to get more out of you, but you that's not Vic's style, man. Vic's old school, and he wasn't going to change. And if you were with Vic or around Vic for two minutes, you realize he didn't have time for small talk. He didn't, if he didn't like you, he didn't give you time of day. I mean, that's Vic Fangio, man. And maybe Jaws is great friends with them, and, and Vic looked up to Jaws and, and all that love affair that's going on in Philadelphia. But I do agree. Um, okay, well, Vic's gone. We'll see what the next guys can get out of you, and uh, you can prove everybody wrong in year two because we do need you, Cam Smith. We need you to be really good. And, uh, and year one was a complete friggin' bust for a top player. And whether it was a coach's fault or not, you didn't get on. We had guys getting hurt. Jalen Ramsey didn't play half the year, and and you didn't play. So, um, yeah, I just uh, was was looking at this stuff back and forth, and and now Jaws has put it out there that uh, we had a bunch of guys wanting to party, and Vic Fangio's defense is not easy to learn. Which we saw some we saw some mental mistakes. So I get it. We saw some confusion. We saw some guys struggle uh, in the backside of the defense. So I, uh, so I hear that, man. I'd be, I don't know if I'm some of those guys, they can say grumpy old Vic and, you know, my way or the highway. He doesn't want to, he doesn't want to work with us and, you know, all that stuff. Um, and I know it's a different game now, man. Players need to know. And I heard some guys talking like, yeah, you got to tell these guys what you're thinking and how you're going to do it and how they fit in. And yeah, it's a, it's a different time to, much, much different time for everybody. But uh, I think there's a lot of learning going on with, with Vic Fangio. And uh, I think Mike McDaniel probably had no idea what he was getting 100%. He knew the defense he was getting. But I don't know if he knew he was getting all that other stuff when he sat down with his coaches and says, man, I'm into positive reinforcement with these guys. They've been beaten up before I got here. It's over. It's about positive reinforcement, negative into a positive so guys can play better and then you get Vic Fangio. 
<laughs> and he doesn't play that game. He, I didn't grow up that way. My old man wasn't nice to me. I screwed up. He kicked me in the ass. So get it together. We got to go to break here, man. We've uh, got a lot more. I haven't had too much coffee. I'm good. I just want to let you know I'm, I'm fine this morning. Anyway, I got a kick out of this story. He said, she said, between Philadelphia and Miami. And now we got Jaws coming out of the woodwork uh, talking on behalf of Vic Fangio. Right now, I want to talk to you about something very important, man, like Baptist Health, South Florida. When it comes to sports-related injuries, man, we're lucky. We got one of the top sports medicine programs in the country here. Miami Orthopedics and Sports Medicine Institute, Baptist Health, South Florida. It's got a lot of names, but I got to tell you what it's got. It's got the best damn doctors in the business. Where do the pros go? I must get that once, twice, three times a day. Enter Miami, the Miami Heat, the Florida Panthers, and the Miami Dolphins. All trust those great doctors of Baptist Health, South Florida. You talk about bringing together some of the top specialists from around the country, top surgeons for the knee and shoulder, foot and ankle, hand, back, hip and knee replacement. Hey, Achilles injuries pop up a lot. Whatever it is, don't worry when you got great doctors like they have here. One of the top sports medicine programs in the country right here in your backyard. In Dade and Broward, we got three locations for you. Not just Doctors Hospital in Coral Gables, but now at Hard Rock Stadium right next to the practice facility is a gorgeous place. And then go up to uh, 595 and Pine Island Implantation, Dr. Swartz and Country up there. They got a bunch of great doctors, man. It's about taking care of you. It's about doing it the right way. It's about rehab, good surgery, successful surgery. And you're off and running, man. Our goal is to get you back playing the sports you love the most. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho today. All right, welcome back, and uh, good morning to uh, to everybody. Yeah, the Vic Fangio stuff. Uh, I'm reading this stuff yesterday. It kind of blew up in Philadelphia a little bit. And, and I get it. You know, they get Vic Fangio, and finally we got a defensive coordinator after they, they fired two guys last year, or just recently from last year. Uh, matter of fact, they got rid of everybody. Got rid of all their coordinators. Kept everything, uh, got rid of everything except their head coach. And uh, so they get Vic Fangio and it's like, yeah, now we got our guy. We got our old school Philly tough-ass guy just like this city. And we got him. And, and let me tell you what happened in Miami. Those bunch of soft, out all night drinking living the lifestyle, didn't want to put in time on the football field, but wanted to go to South Beach to club live and chase those fine combination packages that are running around down there. You had a lot of Vic buildup, man. So Glad you got that off your chest. You had big Vic buildup there. So, listen, he's really good at what he does. Like, he did some things that guys were going, it's pretty amazing. Don't give him any credit. I'm going to give him credit. He's okay. He's okay? He's okay. They feasted on some bad teams. I give him credit for oh, that. Oh, so that you're doing the same thing you're doing to the offense. Well, they did. The okay. So That's okay. when their numbers – you know that's when their numbers started to improve. And I give those guys some credit. They did hang – you know, they kept the offense in in the last few that's games. All, that's all I'm saying. You yeah. got to give him some credit. He was shorthanded. He was super shorthanded. The I don't think this guy was some savior he's made out to be. Well, the problem is he really didn't want to be here. It's pretty obvious – when the guy barely got through the last game and his ass was out the door. Like, hey, I'm gone. Keep your $4.5 million. I don't want it. But, again, uh, I, I go back to this. You, gotta, you have a small window to win here. You can't make these mistakes. Like, if you know the guy doesn't want to be here, if you think he's not all in, why would you even waste, the, great waste point. the money? 
waste the time of everyone. Like, that you, two you have weeks a small window here. You remember that for a couple weeks? Like, yeah, uh, he was hey, like, what's going oh, I'm on? Take is, the job. Uh, I'm not going to take. Is the Vic job. coming in? And why is Vic meeting with his buddy in Denver, Sean Payton again? And and we we're all kind of laughing, going. Oh, yeah, and that's just where he wants to go, where he got ripped for being such a crappy head coach. Now he wants to go back, and we hated you as a head coach. You were terrible. But, you know, you'd be really good if you come here and be the coordinator for Sean Payton. And- it's a mistake. It was it was a mistake that they did, they made, and, you know, it's unfortunate. But, again, you have a small window here to operate, and you can't make another mistake You know like what it's a reminder of? Sometimes you can't just throw a bunch, almost head coach money at a guy and just think that that's going to cover up, like, well, I really didn't want to be there, but, God, that money, I I, I looked at, things aren't going to be that bad. I'm okay, plus plus Mike's told me, you know, it's my show, and I get this, and I get that, and, and uh, shame and on him, too, by it. the way, for, for, you know, whatever he did down here, for taking that kind of money and not putting in that, you know, what, what the team deserved. Well, he put Shame in on him too, but it, it, look at the end of the day, hey man, it's, the guy ain't going to change. Hire. Yeah, the guy's not going to change. It, that's on us too now. No, no, that's, that's on, on the Miami Dolphins. Dolphins. That's a bad hire. Like, hey, I guess we learned another lesson here. Vic really didn't want to be here. It's no a bad hire. And it's says. another example of Stephen Ross being the best owner you could possibly have because they said, "Hey, we got to pay this guy." Yeah, he goes get him. Yep. Okay. So, Whatever so, it costs, right? So, so anyway, I, I'm moving on. I I got it I'm out glad of you're the way. On. I'm, I'm got it done and, and able to finish it up and go. By the way, only thing that made me feel better yesterday is this story coming out of New York with the Jets and how dysfunctional it really is. And now we got coaches inside the building talking about the general manager, the head coach, the quarterback, and the offensive coordinator, and. And by the way, it's pretty much what everybody thought. Aaron Rodgers jerking everybody around, calling all the shots there. Um, not being a good soldier to Zach Wilson. And uh, I thought he was going to be around to mentor me. And he's in California all the time. And he's not around. He's And uh, and all that stuff. So that fake relationship. You got a paranoid head coach wondering why the Giants aren't getting ripped as badly as his team is. They called it an ill-equipped offensive coordinator that, honestly, if Aaron Rodgers didn't like him and that wasn't his buddy, would not have a job in this league as a coordinator right now. So this stuff's all going on. I mean, and they didn't miss anybody in a general manager that just absolutely sold out <laughs> to Aaron Rodgers. I mean, and they let him bring all they, – they, and they named all the Green Bay Packer players that were here, and I was like, this is such beautiful dysfunction. It's just, it's so good. It's a reminder. As good as that defense was for the Jets, and it's good. I mean, they got a bunch of great players on defense. But uh, the other part of it that that's come out, not, not exactly going to make everybody feel good when they look at it. And Aaron Rodgers has been able to strike again. Aaron Rodgers just calling all the shots. First thing you said was right on, by the way. It's exactly what we thought it was, right? Like you read it, you read that article, and it's everything in there is exactly what you thought was probably going yeah. on over there. And uh, and then we Man, find Aaron out. Aaron Rodgers is rough, isn't and he? And Aaron Rodgers was getting stroked nonstop. And, and we got to see some of her. Hard knocks was, oh my God, Aaron Rodgers, the only guy to make that throw. And they were mic'd up in the back. See that throw he just made looking the other way? Oh, only Aaron Rodgers makes that throw. I mean, there should be a new book. Only Aaron Rodgers can make that throw. 
when he's healthy. Anyway, yeah, they said he brought in Lazard. He had a terrible season. They say he was talking. He's talking to the GM, the assistant GM, all that stuff. He's got a direct line. Got the assistant GM, by yeah. the way. He got let go yesterday, so they're blaming him for some of the some of the stuff that uh, hasn't been good there. Just uh, does Aaron go on that show and and plead his case now? Is he gone with uh, with McAfee an emergency session here? I don't know. I I you know I God he's a mess. Is he aware that people just get tired of his? I don't think he cares. I really don't think he cares. I have a theory about Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers so badly wants to be Tom Brady, wants to be liked, hmm. wants to have success, wants to be able to go to a new team like Tom Brady did. Yeah. He's looking going. Tom Brady won six, but. It's not the 61 with New England. It's the fact that he left New England. He got another one. And that put Tom Brady in like in his first year. He took a team that Jameis Winston threw like 40, had 40 turnovers or some crazy amount and goes, get Jameis out of there, run my offense, we'll be fine. And they, they go on to win it. I think Aaron Rodgers had that vision of like the Jets. He was going to lead them to the promised land and win the AFC and then win a Super Bowl. And not play four plays. Yeah. I mean, look, he hasn't done himself any favors as far as, you know, people liking him like like they like Tom Brady. You, you go on that show every week. And you I don't think Tom Brady worries about it. I think, it, you know, so. Brady, so, but everyone likes Brady. Everybody I, likes him. You're not going to meet him. anyone that doesn't like Tom Brady. That's exactly right. You know what I mean? Like, even, and, even the biggest of Dolphin fans, I think you at least respect the guy, right? And Tom Brady has nothing in common with the rest of those guys. He was married to a supermodel. He was had a home in here and there, but he was like the guy next door, man. Like, you either have that or you don't. You can't fake it. It's got to be I used to really authentic. enjoy watching Brady play, though. I mean, his games were must-see TV. Well, they were right? Like, you, you respect that level of greatness. You just want to watch that, right? It's like the same thing with Mahomes. Like, whenever the Chiefs play, you want to watch Mahomes play because it's, you know, something we've never seen before. You're right. Nope, you're right. Hey, uh, we've got the uh, 7 o'clock hour coming up. I uh, want to thank you for, for being with us this morning. We have a lot of stuff. By the way, it's great to hear Teddy Bridgewater has, uh, has decided to retire and is coming back here to coach, to be a high school football coach. Obviously, Teddy made a lot of money playing in the NFL for the last 10 years. And uh, I, I don't know, though, like, does that mean he goes back to Northwestern, man? That could be a game changer. Teddy Bridgewater goes back to his high school to coach. That's an interesting one. That school is uh, that. That's tough. It's one of the toughest. Check that. The toughest coaching job in South Florida for high school football. Northwestern is number one. Period. I wonder if Teddy's uh, looking to get back to that school. I um. Really, really curious about that. I just wrote that down for a note for anybody out there that might know something down there in Dade County where Central has uh, really dominated that thing and to see if uh, Teddy might be coming back home. All right, right now I want to tell you about Atlantic Men's Clinic, this ED thing, man, I've been talking about. I want everybody to know ED is no, no, nothing to mess with, man. And uh, I've had it, an erectile dysfunction where one day – you lose your fastball. I got to keep this clean. You lose your fastball, and uh, you're apologizing to my wife, going, "God, I'm sorry. I, I don't know what happened. It's embarrassing. It's frustrating." You apologize, then you lose your confidence because here it is again, coming up a few days later, and you're like, "Oh my God, 
Something ain't working. And then you find out after going to a landing men's clinic, ED is something that hits every guy out there at some point, sometimes in your 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s. But when it happens, it doesn't have to be, that's it, it's over. No, it doesn't. And you don't have to live on that little blue pill that gives you a headache when you have a couple drinks with it. Nope. Atlantic Men's Clinic can knock out ED and do it quickly for you, man. That's one of the things I love telling people about. They're dirty little secret men don't like to talk about, ED. And they should because there's a way to take care of it. Atlantic Men's Clinic with their six locations in South Florida. Hey, schedule a consultation with Atlantic Men's Clinic today. Your initial visit includes medical consultation with a Florida licensed medical provider, Tina, PSA test, and a med- medically advised a test dose. Now, mention my name, Joe Rose, that I sent you, and your initial consultation is free. That's the most important one, to meet with their professionals, to find out what they can do. You walk out of there, you start feeling better because you know ED's about ready to walk out that door too, man. Uh, again, six locations in South Florida. You've got one close to you, 877 455 7,300. Don't run and hide from this. Take it. Take advantage of this Atlantic Men's Clinic deal. Go in there, find out, and get rid of it. AtlanticMensClinic.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.